Hi everybody, get ready to dive into the world of artificial intelligence, software development, and the future with none other than Ray of Dev by Ray Ray fame. In this fun chat, we'll explore how artificial intelligence is revolutionizing the way we code and develop software. All of this is starting now. Ray, great to meet you. Uh, just before we go too far, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm Ray. Uh, on Twitter, better known as Death by Ray Ray. It's also uh, my blog. So uh, I mainly talk about HTML, CSS, JavaScript, uh, and the last couple of years, mainly JavaScript. Um, I'm being a front end developer for since 2009, and I'm really, really happy with all these developments and frameworks and uh, diving into, uh, yeah, learning new stuff every day. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, the best summary uh, about me. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and I definitely want to pick your brain a bit on some of the newer developments that come on. Before we get there, though, what got you started in programming? Uh, what? Yeah. Um, well, I started my... my uh, uh, education in like well I was doing a little bit of Photoshop and doing a little bit design and then I discovered uh, at school I discovered CSS well uh, that set me totally on fire it's uh, I, I knew like uh, Photoshop then slicing all these images and uh, well they can automatically convert it to HTML tables and have a cool design. So that that's what made me start. And from there, I was, yeah, uh, totally on fire, building cool layouts for users. And uh, well, it, it made me really happy uh, to do that. And also the fact that I didn't know that I love learning new things so much. And that, uh, yeah, that, that, that got me started, basically. Yeah, yeah. What was the first thing you built, or do you remember building? Uh, well, it, it was uh, I was going to a church with my uh, my parents, and uh, over there, I thought, well, this church uh, had a website, and I thought, well, it could use a, a redesign. So, uh, yeah, that was basically my first project building the. Um, website for the church and it was all static html uh only tables uh but i had so much fun with it so uh that, yeah that, that that was was my real real first project that was really cool that uh but it was ugly ugly as hell <laughs> <laughs> i mean so, it was the early to the late mid 2000s basically so yeah, you know you'll be forgiven yes. for that Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> no, it, it it was fun. It was really fun, and that uh, yeah, that was even before I uh, learned CSS at school. Um, so that's uh, yeah, I had a fun time with that. Do you write all the HTML by hand, or do you use a tool like Front Page or Dreamweaver or Page Site? Back, back then, it was. Uh, Notepad. It Notepad. Was plain right. Notepad. It. And, well, there, there, there's a funny story uh, with that. Uh, and it was, I, I knew a guy from another church who built their website. And I asked him, 
well, how do, did you build that website? And the only answer that I got, well, just with uh, Notepad. And that was the answer I had. And I had to search from that moment. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty rough uh, start. But, uh, yeah, it made me start. It made me curious. So, uh, yeah, that was cool. And when did you start blogging and starting to share your knowledge with others? Um, yeah, well, that that, that that was a bit later. Um, uh, well, I think I was graduated and I think I was one and a half years, maybe two years into my job. I think it, it was more like one and a half years into my job. And then... Uh, they, that company had had a blog, but they didn't write that often. And I thought, well, maybe I can try to to write one because I had learned so much new stuff. So I thought, well, let's give it a shot. And that boss said, well, go ahead, do it if you like it. And at that time, um, I was mainly writing in Dutch. Well, I know for myself that my... Dutch grammar and I'm I'm born in the Netherlands but my Dutch grammar is really bad really bad so um yeah I got a lot of help from the marketing department that made my blog a little bit better and uh, well that that helped me uh start writing and from that moment uh, I've never stopped I just continued with blogging uh, tutorials mainly uh, after I left the company, I started uh, really uh, blogging about HTML, CSS, and all these. Well, uh, that that was the starting point, and after it, it it goes to Git, GitHub. Uh, at that time, it was Grunt, Gulp. Yeah. All those things were, yeah, everything that I touched, I I wrote a blog about it, and mainly because it helped me to learn. So I was not starting a blog to become rich and famous and uh, the ultimate goal that most people maybe have, but I, I started to blog because that, that was my own notebook and I could look back into it, uh, what I've learned and... Uh, well, it happened a couple a couple times that I was googling something and I thought, "Oh, wait a minute, that's my blog." Oh, I wrote that earlier, so I just went back to it. Oh, that was how it goes. Well, that that that's a great feeling, and also that sometimes that colleague sent me links. Ray, I uh, I was googling and uh, found another blog from you. So uh, thanks for that. And that that makes me happy to help others. But that was not the goal that I had when starting with it. It I started for myself. And that developed over time. Uh, yeah, to do it for others. And mainly tutorials and solving bugs or problems. That uh, Because that is what most developers will Google. Bugs. The funny thing is that 
there's so many people that I've interviewed so far and they've been blogging mm-hmm. and doing this for a very long time. And I always had the same question because in the back of my mind, I'm trying to create a pattern here. I'm like, I have a hunch on what makes them want to do this. And it's all almost the same thing is that they're, yeah. they were doing something, they had some difficulty and they were like, you know, I can do a better job explaining this and what's being done. Yeah. And they put it in their own tone of voice and they keep doing that. And I think longer term, if you think about, you know, in business or psychology talk about like what motivates mm-hmm. people to keep doing things that are very difficult blogging is not easy it's a it's oh, many no. ways a labor of love how do you oh, keep yeah. motivated to do this it turns out there's this whole thing about like you know intrinsic motivation you know you're doing things yeah. because you want to better your knowledge of it you know by writing it down by sharing sure. it you become better at doing things if anything else yeah. happens separately it gets popular people are like watching and so on it's secondary and that motivation True. is never going to change because you always want to learn. You always want to try new things in your personality. And yeah. that's what helps, at least I've seen in terms of pattern building, blogs that yeah. I've been doing for a long time. That's what separates them from those blogs that are created for the sole purpose of the trend going on. I want to capitalize on it very quickly. They start yeah. off with great fanfare and excitement. And six months later, that's it. They're not doing it anymore because yeah. the motive, it's never a one-to-one mapping between like I blog, I'm going to be successful tomorrow. A lot of it is timing, a lot of it is luck, and it's consistency. You just got to keep doing it day in and day out. Eventually, you'll get there. I I was watching an interview of Mr. Beast, the very famous YouTuber, how he's been making videos. And he talked about like how for the first several years, the first hundred or so videos, nobody watched it. But he kept at it and kept improving it slightly over and over again. And that's what helped him get here. And I always yeah. wonder, like, how many bloggers, if they just did that, you know, if they kept doing it for year one, year two, and then kept going forward, that they will become not just successful externally, but their own internal motivation and being able to say that they've done something sure. pretty meaningfully complicated would be yeah. it as well. Yeah, true. And it's also, uh, well, I, I, I'm to be honest, I, I'm not very consistent with uh, blogging. Sometimes I have... Uh, months that I don't write anything because I had something else on my mind and other months uh, I'm writing 10 blog posts because well that's how my creative flow works and uh, it's also because of well then I got challenged by some bug or uh, learned something new or uh, right now it's well I think my last blog was December or January or something well that was mainly because I started my an own project uh, and I'm doing that. And, well, yeah, I, I'm not consistent with it. And to build it successfully, well, you should be consistent. But I don't care. I do it for myself. It's uh, Yeah. And, and we're measuring things in terms of like years of timeline. You know, you zoom out, those one month you're not blogging won't even be noticeable because when you zoom out that far, you just see a consistent streak of content being sure. shared, whether it's through your blog, through your Twitter, or through your other channels, which yeah. I've been following for a very long time, huge fan of it, always enjoyed it. To nice. me, you're like, yeah, you're one of the more consistent bloggers because I don't look at it like, you know, the Ray blog on Monday, is he blogging on Wednesday? It's more like, okay, as I, when I look over a period of time, I see a narrative, I see a theme, yeah. I see the work that you've been doing and sharing. Yeah, and sure. that to me in many ways is also consistency because it's not a, there's sure. no end goal here. It's not like you must blog X no. number of times by year number two in order to be considered a consistent blogger. It's more of like, True. sure, if you blog once a month and you're doing it for 20 years, you zoom out enough, that's a lot of blog posts. That's like more than several hundred yes. blog posts at that yes. point. So, true, no. true. That 
uh, a lot, but I, I think it's my my main goal is uh, keep on delivering value. And right now, while building uh, my own project, uh, I'm delivering value by uh, tweeting. It's like that. So uh, I, I I find it very nice to yeah add value to people, inspire them, help them, um, yeah get them started. Uh, and I can do that by a tweet, but I can do that also via a blog. I tried also do podcasting or making videos, but I discovered that, well, videos is not my thing. And that's mainly because I love recording tutorials, but I hate the video editing. It's it's not my thing. So uh, also... also uh podcasting is uh doing my own podcast well you have to be consistent with that uh in my opinion and well i i don't love to listen to my own voice let me write that's my thing yeah (laughs) gotta do what you enjoy but uh, mind if i give you a tip on the video editing piece don't edit the videos that my take is that I yeah. my goal in I record videos of my technical content and my approach is it's done in one shot and if there are any mistakes there they yeah. stay in there and that's it yeah sure. it depends on like if your goal yeah. is to get a really polished you know kind of video out there my view is like there are people who like to learn by reading things and there are people who like to learn by watching or watching someone else do it just so they get the confidence oh, yeah. of like okay this crazy technique it actually does work. And what I've personally found is that for that audience, it's okay. I'm purely there like you to educate and to teach. I'm not into like making sure my image or my persona or my style or brand is maintained. It's like, am I, it's a technique that I'm working on explained in a visual way for someone who's listening to follow it. Then that's been reasonably okay. So you, you get a different type of audience for that. Yeah. Someone who's not seeking, you know, like high quality or it's going to be high quality after you do it enough number of times, but it's not going to be like, you know, sure. professional level quality, but that may be okay, actually. Yeah. True, true. Well, I, I I still left my videos I created earlier uh, online and, uh, well, some have uh, uh, bugs in it uh, and I had to solve them and I also left it in yeah. there. It's, uh, yeah, I have no problem with that because... Well, I, I want I, I want to show that even though you have so many years of experience, it, it doesn't matter. You always have bugs. You always have problems that is only because you're missing a comma. Yep. And you get stuck for hours. And it happens to everyone. Everyone. Exactly. All the time. It's relatable because that's what real life is. No one writes yeah. code in like eight minutes perfectly without any errors. It's going to be like, yeah, there's a bug. Let me bring up the dev tools. <laughs> Let me figure out where the line is, why the div is not positioned correctly. Let me add the outline red technique. Let's, let's center that div. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of these things. So, no, that's great, yeah. too. great to just see like your interest and your approach for some of these things. So now let's go ahead yeah. and fast forward to like, you know, basically today and a lot of the interesting things yeah. you've been sharing and talking about, which really is around artificial intelligence and the developments there. And so, oh, yeah. what, you know, what's going on there? What's exciting you at this moment? <laughs> well, uh, a lot is happening there because Google, Microsoft, OpenAI and all these companies that we 
well, a couple of months we even have heard of are now booming air and doing so much great things. And yeah, I think the main thing was started by ChatGPT, by OpenAI. Uh, I think that's really got the ball of AI rolling for, well, let's say the normal people like... Well, normal people like you and me, not the smartest guys, but uh, for us uh, to use AI practically. And that's since that day it, I heard of it and tried it. I thought, man, I can now have a tool that helps me in writing code, solving problems. And I found that so cool. And then uh, GitHub Copilot came. I thought, well, let's try it. And my employer was uh, supportive. He said, well, we're going to pay it. No problem. Try it out. And it already helps me uh, uh, writing code better. It saves me a lot of time suggesting code. Well, it's not always perfect. But the, the nice thing is it looks into the context of your whole project and well, it made me so, so productive. And that was really, really helpful. Well, one time, uh, I'm currently working in a team at a Dutch uh, bank. And we're working with Angular. And that one time, uh, there we had an issue with uh, ArcGIS uh, subscriptions. And we thought, well, let's give it a try and ask ChatGPT how we can solve it or what is the issue and well mainly by describing the issue that we had it suggested oh do you know if the uh, subscription is still alive when listening to it or is uh, and you can uh, see that by using this method and well i'm using rxjs for quite some time but i don't didn't know that method so we tried it and we said, well, that subscription is not alive anymore. So that's not weird. Why there is no value in it? Well, that's an example of uh, how you can start talking to ChatGPT and say, well, this is the problem. I have this and this is the context and it can help you solve the problem. And man, that's mind blowing. I think we we live in a wonderful time. Also, yeah, I, I have not seen uh, many things from Google yet. Uh, but yeah, the thing that Microsoft has started with OpenAI, man, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. It really is. And you, you're mentioning that you got started with web development where you're, you had to design a website for your church or redesign it to make it look nicer. And we saw from the latest demos yeah. of OpenAI. Yeah, today it would probably be a case where, like, you take a pencil and a piece of paper, draw a sketch of what you think that page should look like, feed it to the yeah. system, and you get back. You know, I'm not going to say it's production grade HTML, CSS, JavaScript, but sure. for someone who doesn't know anything about it, just wants something in the browser that works, it's fantastic. You know, like it's, it, it meets the. It result. is. Yeah, well, and and that's you also see so much people using some other AI platforms to generate content, 
And I start think lately that, okay, yes, you can let ChatGPT write a whole blog post about X topic in JavaScript. But uh, that's nice. And Google have said some things about penalties, about the content. Uh, but I think generating content should not be about generating content and directly publish it because be uh, content becomes valuable for people to read or to watch when there when it has a certain tone of voice a certain emotion a certain well for example if you say well i had this problem and this is how i fixed it well that's not what ChatGPT is going to do. ChatGPT is going to, going to say, well, uh, use this uh, method and you will, uh, well, sort your array. But I think content still needs that, yeah, human touch. It's, it shouldn't be just AI. Well, I've saw some pretty cool things with only doing AI. Uh, I was listening to a podcast in the in the car, and there was there's a guy. It's a Dutch guy. I don't know his name, but he he used Zapier and OpenAI, ChatGPT API, to uh, fetch content from multiple RSS feeds, uh, taking that to Zapier and uh, summarize it, and then you have a tool that can clone your voice that has also an API. So he built his whole daily podcast on, on that. It's generated with his voice clone and every day a new podcast episode. And that's really creative. It's not perfect, but it's really cool. But it's cool that we experiment with those things. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's gonna see so much more. Yes, it is. It is. It's. Uh, are are you are you using? Uh, um, I, I don't know how, how how that is uh, at Google, but uh, do you guys also just use the OpenAI ChatGPT GitHub Copilot, or are you maybe secretly developing your own tools? Uh I, I can't comment too much on what we do. <laughs> I knew but publicly that. though knew we that. we released Bard a couple of you know I think actually last week yeah. less than seven days ago and that's but yeah. you know in many ways the funny thing about all of these technologies is that Google invented a lot of the underlying pieces like both the the language yeah. models for like conversational dialogue and also the idea of transformers yeah. and so internally there's been a lot of things that you know we been using and, and, and playing with, I think you're going to see a lot of it maybe getting externalized at some point in the yeah. in the future. But the, the point that's really interesting about what you were mentioning is that you mentioned that chat GPT can't get like the human emotion or the human style of things working. Yes. The funny thing though, is that if you look at what chat GPT can create today, versus what it could do like, let's say six yeah. months ago, or even a year ago, and it's just like a very early prototype, it's gotten significantly better. So my hunch is that oh, yes. it's going. It's only going to be a question of like prompting. Like imagine at some point, right? It's going to be trained on. Yeah. You have a large backlog of content online that people can read. So the yes. ChatGPT and any training model can learn about your voice, about your style of saying things. 
Oh, yeah. It's probably going to be a matter of time before I can go to ChatGPT and say, write me in a tutorial on how to reverse a string in, this, in the voice of Raymond. And I put your blog there directly. I'm almost certain yeah, that true. within a few moments, just like your friend was able to get his voice, I know. being able to play the podcast, yeah. the writing will be exactly in your style, in your tone, with the with your unique things you put in there to make it very much your voice. True. I think it's only a matter of time before that happens. Yeah, well, I, I tried it already a couple of times. And it, yes, it, it, it uses my, my writing style because... I, I, there, there's a word for that. NLP. It's a, well, uh, you can ask, well, this content, uh, tell me what style it is in an NLP format. I don't know really what it is, but I saw it somewhere online. And then I can use that summary to write something else. And that has my type of writing. And that, that, that's, it's really cool. That that can, uh, but yeah, it's only a matter of time, uh, I guess. But yeah, I'm looking forward if that would be possible. And I also wonder if, if, uh, well, I, I think that Google is on the search engine using AI already for years. And I want, yeah, wondering how good they are in the future with detecting that. I think that that will be a challenge, but yeah. Essentially, when it gets to the point where like, it also creates diagrams and creates illustrations and things to add to the word usage, I think at that point, you and I will probably find ourselves in a tough spot where now anybody can go out there and just create content. Yes, it will be something that you mentioned that Google has said that they might penalize some of the search engine True. rankings, if all it is to get straight up copy and paste. And so as in any of yeah. this technology still, it'll be interesting to see like where the where the boundaries are in terms of like where does fully AI based content end and human generated content begin. But if it gets to the point where it becomes yeah. indistinguishable because at some point you, know, you could imagine that there are probably a few hundred thousand words that we probably use in our lifetime over and over again. And if you have enough data published about yourself, it'll have the system will have enough idea of like what words you use when and all these times, at which point it'll be indistinguishable from the real version of you versus the artificial version of you. And those are the times I'm always curious to know, like, what does this all mean? Like you go even philosophically one level deeper, you know, what does it mean? Like, you know, People always say, like, you know, once you die, your content is like my, what lives along you know, in the future. But in this case, what does death sure. even mean, except for like your immediate family and people who know who you really are? If you have a system that's been trained on you and can create holographic, not even holographic, realistic looking videos of you, we've already seen like a lot of character models that are based oh, on yeah. just a handful of photos. You could pretty much have a True. bot that generates new content based on the latest stack overflow questions or hacker news topics that creates an article yeah. with pictures based on all the data it has about your writing style. And it posts a video that's, on YouTube yeah, that's every day based on the just videos you've already posted and your images and things like that. It has your voice already. You already see like examples on Twitter today. Yeah. I saw someone like using, I think Steve Jobs' voice was used to annotate a, yeah. a, a chat bot. And I'm like, True. this sounds a lot like Steve Jobs. 
And so, and this is, this is, yeah. this is basically what? Friday. And Monday, they were like, something yeah. new just came out basically, right? So within a week, we got all these things. And by the time I edit this video and post it online, who knows what else would have been come up. For all we know, someone have oh, already yeah. created a version of you and I chatting without you and I actually having chatted. Maybe what we're doing right now is AI generated. Maybe it's not real. How will the audience ever know that yeah, you and I knows? are even real people, you know? Who who will tell? Yeah, no one. <laughs> who will know this? Exactly. Uh, yeah, that 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 is that is really fascinating. It's uh yeah. But yeah, uh, I I think well, gener uh, generating content is can be really helpful for me it helps with the creative flow well like getting inspiration uh, or getting to look from things from a different angle or uh, uh, help me structure uh, my blog a little bit better so people can uh, have more value from it and that that's how i use it right now it's um, yeah and that's also why I built my my generated platform. It's uh, uh, I thought well, for me it's a need that after I write a blog post about an interesting topic, I don't want to spend so much more time writing social media posts or LinkedIn posts to help promote it a little bit. I, I just want to yeah summarize it a little bit. Uh, send a few tweets and uh, uh, yeah, continue with delivering value uh, because yeah, writing social media posts it also can take a lot of time. And I think content creators should have a little bit more help with uh, focusing on the things they are good at and not get distracted by well, social media. Because it can distract you. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, I, you and I chatted about your side project in the past, and like, you know, and I, I really liked it. Yeah, I always, I've started using ChatGPT primarily to write me metadata descriptions for my web content. Like, I oh, absolutely yeah. hate doing that. I hate, you know, I'm, I spent all this time writing sure. like, you know, 20, 30 pages of, you know, illustrations and text and so on. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. right, like a, you know, a one or two second, you know, description. I know that search engines don't index that at all these days, but it's used for my RSS feed because the same material goes in like a little blurb on the RSS feed. I'm like, yeah. I have to do this. And to me, it goes from like excitement yes. to just chore, like absolutely boring things I have to do. And surprisingly, ChatGPT yeah. has been very good at giving me like one or two line summaries that I'm like, okay, this is better than what I could have come up with because I have zero interest or motivation oh, yeah. in doing this. And given that's where I came from, I'll use whatever it provides as long as it's remotely intelligible. Yeah, true. And uh, well, uh, uh, because my, my platform is using uh, uh, ChatGPT uh, API, uh, I can deliver uh, also that, that made a description and there's still, uh, there's also one option for it. So uh, yeah, it's also mainly a tool that I built for myself that others can use as well. Yeah, which is like so the best way to do it. That's you know, you build it for yourself, and yeah, you right. can use it as well as a side effect of it. True, true. I think that uh, I still use it a lot because, uh, yeah, I'm I'm 
delivering a lot of failure. Well, I try to. <laughs> uh, maybe not for everyone, but the ones who value it, it uh, it's worth it. Yep, I think you know. Uh, I'll include a link to your you know your generator X Y Z at the bottom of the description that so people can check it out. Nice and. What's going to be really interesting at some point in the future is that let's extend this idea of the computer just kind of, or the AI system knows enough about you, where you have to do very little at this point to make anything happen. Imagine it also knows, like, you know, using your tool actually to generate the social media messages yeah. in terms of auto generating the, the Twitter posts and so on. It uses Mid Journey or Stable yeah. Diffusion or any of these image generating tools to create the actual thumbnail image that goes into like Facebook and Twitter, like the open graph sure. image, for example. At this point, you're oh, basically- Oh yeah, you're, talk about that. Yeah, your, your day is gonna be almost like that of like some of the more high profile book authors that you often see, like some of the more very famous ones who, like, who have like dozens of books that go out every year, like the action series and things like that. I, I believe it's James yeah. Patterson, the very famous author. I believe like all he ever writes for the most part are like the opening paragraph and the closing paragraph for a chapter, and then he has ghostwriters, very well-known writers who in between go in and actually really? fill in everything else about it. And because he's extremely high profile and his books sell extremely well, his entire day is pretty mm. much taken care of by someone else. The, you know, where he's staying is taken care of, the, wow. you know, food, travel, and he's taken care of. In many ways, what oh, AI wow. is doing for us is giving all of us who are not James Patterson, a chance to live a life like he has been able to cultivate. And I'm sure, sure you know, George R. R. Martin and like other really famous, you know, writers and authors, you know, almost movie star like, mm -hmm. at least in movie stars, you actually, they have to go on camera, they actually have to perform what they're doing, which again, True. maybe with artificial intelligence, maybe no longer read it. Maybe you're yeah. Tom Cruise, you, you record the opening True. part of a scene and the ending part of a scene and the system like reads the script and knows exactly what to do because it uses the catalog of like all True. the video knows yeah. about you to record it. But I'm, I digress here, but Imagine that what we can do now is the important thing is what is the prompt? What is the idea that you come up with? And so that's the point. Maybe yeah. separated now because it used to be that you can differentiate yourself True. based on the quality of content that you're creating. If that's now commoditized, everyone can create the same quality of content. It's what content do I create yeah. and how quickly do I create it? That might be the unique value that you and I could probably provide. True, true. And also, uh, especially if you uh, already have a knowledge about uh, the things you want to write about, you can also spot the things that are wrong uh, described by AI and you can edit that. And I, I think that that's also, um, well, yeah, if you're generating content, you should always be aware of if there are no mistakes in it. It, it it always can happen, but uh, yeah, it's, sometimes ChatGPT is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they they are also uh, with the CEO of uh, uh, OpenAI who tells well, it GPT four it is less times wrong, but still sometimes it is wrong. Uh, but uh, yeah, they are. Uh, making it better and better and better. So yeah, looking forward to what they all kinda, yeah, add to it. Like right now, the plugins, I'm really looking forward to what that is going to bring. 
bringing data from external systems. Correct, because in the earlier versions, it couldn't actually get real-time information from like what's going on today or on a website and so on. Whereas in the plugins, you can actually tell it to go to, again, using Hacker News as an example, go to Hacker News, sure. pick the top item there, summarize it for me, and give it to me in a... Well, today, also today, even with... I think it was already in GPT-3, not GPT-3.5 Turbo, but the 3 version, you can already add uh, a link and ask for a, a summary. You can already do that. And when I discovered that, I thought, man, this makes it more, even more easy for everyone to get a summary or... Uh, get a TLDR uh, from an article to grasp the 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 most important things. And, well, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It, it very much is. It's uh, we always look at the data, right? That says like there are twenty million developers in the world, or thirty million, or forty million developers who are like skilled yeah. in being able to build applications, whether it's front end, back end, and so on. Within that, we know that JavaScript True. has like about eighteen to nineteen million. Python has like around the same number, and things like that. What we're seeing with like yeah. these kind of AI assistants is that pretty much anybody now can potentially be a programmer. There were some articles you might have seen recently oh, yeah. where people who have very little to no coding experience were able to create both like a game. I think it was like the game of life, and also like Pong and Tetris and so on, all using purely yeah. ChatGPT as prompting and them. Snake and Snake. That's right, Snake. Even with Snake, yeah, yeah, that, that, that that's really bizarre. I think, and I talked about this with, with my uh, team members, is that a, a developer who refuses to use AI from today and who loves the pure things, doing everything himself, he is going to lose against less experienced developers who are incorporating AI into their workflow. So that's why I said, okay, well, that's going to be the case. So I won't, I don't want to lose because I love this work. I love this job. I'm going to incorporate. And uh, I think everyone should do that. Uh, and it's all also good to learn these things, especially for beginners that they learn fundamentals, but help use AI like ChatGPT to explain well, for example, what you already said, how to reverse a string or how does the prototype work in JavaScript or why should I use TypeScript or why do, um, well, X, Y, Z. Uh, all these things, an AI can uh, help you understand something better. Uh, also, when you are working as a single developer at a company, Ask ChatGPT to explain things, and well, it's just like your code buddy. It's it's always there. Well, sometimes not because it's down. Sometimes <laughs> this week we had that a couple times. So sometimes I'm joking to my colleagues. Well, today I cannot work, guys. ChatGPT is down, <laughs> and well, we laugh about it. But in the future, it can happen. Very much so, because so, once we, it's going to be interesting because you and I grew up in a world where we did not have ChatGPT or AI. So our minds always default into like, okay, how would I solve it first before switching over to like, how would an AI system solve it? 
I can imagine the next yeah. generation of software developers who are learning some of these things, they're going to be in a whole different spot because they might need to learn how to do True. some of these things purely as a way of like writing code just so they can be like, okay, this is what writing code actually feels like. But in practice, you may never do that. Just like we very rarely do like complicated or even like basic math on pencil and paper. We got a calculator first, but we all had to learn yeah. how to do it manually just so we could either appreciate True. or build a mental pathways in our brain of how to you know, draw the numbers and calculate in our minds. It might and be solve the, the problems. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. It's uh yeah. I, I think that that definitely helps if you had to do it manually before and then incorporate that with, well, the AI, uh, tools we have uh, right now it's that combination can be really powerful yeah i mean you know think continuing to think about like absolutely you know like out there ideas in terms of ai imagine that we now have like ai systems that are also tied to like very powerful 3d printers that can print in you know like really oh, yeah. good ideas interesting yeah. ways and we, and we figured out like maybe taking some technology from like Boston Dynamics as robots that can do like all these very elaborate you know, oh, moves. Yeah. Imagine we can basically mass produce the kinds of like, you know, little robotic beings that can take care of everyday tasks for us, including doing like videos and content editing and things like that, where you may not even sure. need to, you know, you can go beyond the digital realm and go into the analog world as well. Like maybe the idea of like self-driving vehicles, it's actually a robot that takes existing traditional vehicles and can just better detect the yeah. world around it. True, true. But I, I think uh, at the point that a lot of things in our lives will be automated. I think it will become more special to do things yourself. I hope that it will, because yes, you can do it faster, better, uh, more creative with an automated tool. But, uh, well, it's not about the end goal. It's about the journey, they say. Well. I think that's true, uh, but we, I, I hope uh, people won't forget that in the near future. Uh, I want to believe you. I agree with you on a certain level, but my hunch is that we've seen so many, like if we look at the, the rise of low code tools and no code tools that have come up, especially yeah. in the world of like B2B software and like automating standard business processes, very few people today know yeah. like how a product goes from a warehouse to a delivery to an inventory to all that it's all done through like all these various systems and the end result here is that a person purchases something they get the item to their doorstep very quickly that is the ultimate end result at that point the art of like how do we know which warehouse to optimize for how do we make sure the delivery individual has that detail true it's completely lost now like no one really knows it the goal is like get it there no. as quickly as we can. I do feel that for software, yeah. it's going to get in many ways, kind of like mass produced art. Most of the art that people typically buy, you know, they go to a store and they buy it. And it's whether if it's not done until, you know, in an automated fashion, it's then a mass produced kind of a mode where like you have 30 people, they're all responsible for like drawing one stroke on a piece of paper. And that paper just goes from one yeah. table to another. So it's in many ways, the same thing. It's just that it's done a little bit differently. Sure. So to give you that illusion, there's a good chance that a lot of software development that we see 
today will end up in that mode because unless the end output is custom handmade software, which I don't think it even exists, it's going to be how do I build my mobile app faster? How do I get a game out to people faster? True. And then to mention what you mentioned earlier, developers who don't embrace AI will be at a disadvantage, actually might be even going one step further who don't use AI might find themselves out of anything to even be disadvantaged about because they'll be completely replaced by someone out there who's sure. going to be, you know, churning out a game on one day, a complicated CRM solution another day, yeah. an, a backend API that can put send notifications to a billion people on the third day. All of it is doable because all they know is the, the idea is the only human element here. Everything else has been taken care of yeah. by scalable systems and artificial intelligence. True, I, I, but I think the one job for uh, humans will be the creativity, the, uh, the the creative ways of doing things, uh, and we can only do that because we have that emotions. What AI doesn't, and I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it's true. People will be replaced by AI, especially, let, let's keep it like uh, de developers are going to be replaced by people who are using AI. And I think it will be more like uh, we as developers will be more like people who are steering an AI and uh, giving them the right prompts to produce the right things instead of we are manually writing code. I think that's how the future of, uh, well, software development is going to look like. Yeah. You mentioned that think that humans can make a table is emotion. Do you think emotion can be yeah. also trained by an AI and be something that they can also fake? Yeah, well, I know for sure that they can fake that. Um, but yeah, uh, well, uh, we've seen a lot of, uh, well, that, that's already been a few years back, but these uh, human-like robot with the facial expressions and these things, well, these robots can mimic emotions, but there's a difference. I think there is a difference, but I cannot say, well, this is the difference, but there is a difference between mimic the emotions and feeling the emotions uh, because a AI is going to look angry when it's angry, but a human is going to be angry and you know, it's going to be angry. Uh, well, I, I think, I don't think uh, AI will be able to feel it they will be able to show it because they are programmed like that. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, I don't even saw a TV series Westworld, but in many ways oh, yeah. it touches upon this exact topic where at the spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the movie from like several decades ago or the TV series that just got ended on HBO recently you essentially yeah. go to this amusement park, you know, claiming it's going to be like a, a resort has all these things. And what you don't realize until like later in the episode is that almost everybody you've been interacting with are robots. They look like humans. They do human things. Yeah. They 
tailor their dialogue and what they do based on your own exact like what your preferences are and it is yeah. eye-opening at least for me when i first saw it to be like i did not expect realistic versions of just humans to be in robots at the end of the day this entire time true True, true. It, it, it's it's uh, it's a bizarre series. Uh, I didn't watch uh, the whole series, but I watched uh, one episode or something. I thought, wow, this is really bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> imagine the world sci-fi like content from like Blade Runner and Star Trek and Star Wars. Oh yeah, where or even Aliens, where they always made it very obvious that these are robots, these are androids, they're not real human beings. Well, you know, they made it very, but yeah. like how they looked, how they talked and so on. They were designed to be like better than humans in some ways, but they're not human. Whereas you start to see nowadays, some of the more interesting sci-fi series are treating humans and robots in exactly the same bucket because it's actually not about the, the differences, but the similarities that's actually more terrifying than not. True. Yeah, that that, that is really terrifying. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, yeah, I, I think w- one of the things that uh, still amazes me is that uh, the the movies like Back to the Future uh, with the flying cars. Well, we already passed the year that that in the movie happened, but we already seen a lot of things that were not imagined like that. But a person that uh, the, the the writer of the movie uh, that wrote the script that he imagined that in this year we ha- would have uh, uh, flying cars I, I found that very fascinating and he is not far off because there are already flying cars but some people are, are a genius they can uh, look so far it's it's cool. It, it really is. You look at like futurists like H.G. Wells who wrote like War of the Worlds and like so many of these things. The 1800s got a lot of things right. We still don't have a lot of things. Again, flying cars actually. I think he also talked about flying cars. We don't have that at mass scale. But I think it all just goes down to just physical manufacturing and hardware. It's just very difficult. It's very difficult for like anybody who doesn't oh, yeah. have access to a laboratory or the machinery or the raw materials. Even it's not just a case for like I go to the scrapyard, oh, yeah. buy some metal, and melt it down. You gotta have like this very precise combination of rare earth metals mined in some part of the world that oh, you have yeah. easy access to, and so on, to be able to pull these things off. Which is, I think, partly what makes this whole Chat GPT thing and all the AI work interesting. Because it's all software. Yes, we're constrained in many ways by our sure. GPUs or TPUs and in some cases CPUs as well. But beyond that, again, you, you can, you, you have a, there's, the ceiling is still so far away in terms of what you can pull off. Whereas in manufacturing, there's safety issues. You can't just build a prototype, crash it and be like, right, doing another one again. Whereas I sure. probably break my code as part of writing it a million times before I'm like, you know, even like got the first compilation working properly. So it's a different world in yeah. the trial and error. Yeah, true, true. True. Yeah, it's uh, we 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 are living in a in a nice time where where we have experienced already so much developments. Look at the personal computer. That one. Uh, well, my smartphone right now has more storage, more memory than the first computers, and they were big, big like a whole building and. 
it's bizarre. That's right. I think they even say like the most primitive calculators have more calculations, you know, capable of doing more calculations than like the computers that sent people to the moon back in the day. And that always yeah. baffles me as yeah. well when I think about that. Yeah, true, true. That That's really bizarre. So I think, yeah, we are going to experience a lot more uh, things. And uh, I don't know how soon, but... Uh, uh, interesting things are going to happen uh, soon. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, you know, the next thing I'm might be that I think everything we're seeing today is that, you know, we take the upper bound of what humans are capable of and just make them faster. You know, AI takes patterns from what we've already created and makes it faster and so on. Yep. But I can imagine a future where like the AI systems cannot just go at the upper bound of what we do, but go beyond it. You know, they take the trajectory of what humans have been able to pull off and then become yeah. much more intelligent than humans at some point. And that would be a scary time in some ways, because at least I don't know if it's scary, but I played yeah. way too many video games where it never ended well when the robots decided or realized they were actually more capable than the human beings that they're often like reacting to inputs and prompts from. It's going to be a point where they're like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something else. And they have the means and the intelligence to see through all of our defense mechanisms and go completely you know, rogue. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be bizarre. It's, uh, but hopefully it will be uh, mostly be used for good. I that's uh, what I hope. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, well, Ray, I think that's a great note for us to end our conversation on. Yeah, right. and I think given the rate sure. at which these things are moving, we'll probably talk again very soon about I don't know maybe maybe yeah. be robots talking about us because they replaced us. But we'll figure it out in a couple of months. Of course, of course, we will figure it out. I'm looking forward. Uh, let, let's uh, let's see if we can uh, do, do something like this in a couple months and see what has changed. So uh, I found it very interesting. Done. I'll send you a counter invite shortly. All right. Cool. Thanks, cool. Ray. Sounds Talk good. Talking a bit. Yes. Yes. See you later. <laughs>